Everything's cranked. Should be able to hear everything. Why can't? There we go. Everything's cranked. Just cranking. <laughs> All right. Get cranked. Crank. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cheap Smut. My name is Katie Mizell. And my name is Carl Mizell. And this is a podcast where I read smut and then tell my husband about it. And it's pretty awesome. I think so. Anyway, I look forward to it every week. We have listeners literally all over the world. Yes. Not many, but you're out there. Hello. <laughs> I, I love the Spotify, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, analytics. I found out that we've recently added Serbia. Serbia. And Israel. And Israel. To the list of nations that uh, are home to people that have listened to at least a few seconds of the <laughs> show. Uh, can that be manipulated by VPN? Are they actually in like Piedmont, North Dakota? The, it could be, I suppose, but I don't know why you would do that to listen to us. You can just listen to us. Yeah, <laughs> true. Unless it's one person that's just changing their VPN. <laughs> To make it look like we have more yeah. listeners than we actually do. Yeah. If that's the case, thank you to you, whoever yeah. you are. This week, Azerbaijan. <laughs> How are you? I am pretty darned good, thank you for asking. I'm currently watching our cat give herself a bath right in my line of sight. Bonnie, get behind the ears. Yeah, you got to get behind the ears. It's very important. So important. Um, but I'm good. It's been, a, it's been a long week, but it's been a good week. We've had a good time, I yeah. think. Um, except for the kids having... Just generally kind of unhappy attitudes today, but that can't be helped. They're people. Yeah. Sometimes they have bad days. Yeah. That was one of the most profound things that one of my, my aunts said was, hey, kids have bad days too. Yeah. Just because she, she was right. Yeah. She, yeah. Well, I mean, she raised two kids, mm -hmm. so she understands. Uh, yeah. It was a good week. It was. It, it, was nice, it was nice to be home and not on the road traveling mm -hmm. all week. Uh, learned how to trim my eyebrows today. Yeah. They look beautiful. Thank you. I, I was very excited. I, I'm of the age now where when I'm shaving or doing my ablutions uh, and my grooming, as it were, I have to uh, check, uh, clean behind the ears and mm -hmm. then check in the ears mm -hmm. because I'll go outside and I'll catch a breeze just right. And the breeze will ruffle your ear hair. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, God. And then I look like that, you know, Matt Damon in Saving Private Ryan gif, you know, <laughs> where he just ages right before you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, But my eyebrows were getting out of hand. And now that I'm bald, I just cut my own, I shave my own head, I cut my own hair. So I don't go to a salon anymore and they don't, you know, do it for me. You told me that earlier today, and I didn't know that, that if you if you go get a haircut, they'll trim your eyebrows for you. Yeah, I mean, most places will. Like, I, I, I mean, years ago, there used to be one of, like, the early, at least I think, I think it was local, it was called Roosters, you know, it was like, oh, yeah, hey, was dudes, come get your haircut by a hot chick. Yeah, there's sports on all the TVs, yeah. and they're all wearing shorts. And I was just like, it's, it's close. And that was the first time they did it. I was like, whoa, whoa, what the? fuck are you doing um but then when i started going to see uh, jared at don franco shout out to jared at don franco hope you're doing well i know you listen i i, <laughs> I, I don't know if he listens i don't um, think he's there anymore probably it's I, been I, so long yeah i know he's long gone but uh i know he he did it you know it, it's just a thing that they offer to do's because we will not do it ourselves 
but I'm 44 now and I figured it needed to be done. Mm-hmm. I Googled it. Shout out GQ for uh, having a handy like yeah. little guide and I did it and it looked great. Yeah. They look wonderful. And I feel handsome as heck. You Well, you were handsome before and you're handsome now. No. No. Speaking of handsome. Yeah. What are we reading this week? I, 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 I was literally, I could have, no matter what you said there or what I said, I was going to say speaking of blank. No, it's good though. It's good. Uh, so this week we are reading Ice Planet Barbarians by Ruby Dixon. Ooh. It's our first foray into fucking in space. Space fucking. Technically not in space. They're on a planet. It's just not Earth. Well, but it's in space. I mean, we're all in space. We're all astronauts. Oh, Mind blown, right? dude. You know. We're all made of star stuff and yep. whatever. Exactly. Um, meat and fluids powered by a lump of fat with enough electricity flowing through it to power a potato clock. Exactly. It's a wad of salty bacon fat with enough electricity mm-hmm. in it to power a clock, and it runs the whole flesh sack... And sometimes, for whatever reason, it goes, boo, and then you have a panic attack. Yeah. <laughs> 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 ah! <laughs> I'm panicked. <laughs> oh, God. The, f- the therapist that I saw when we lived in Philly, yeah, she was fantastic. Shout out, Amber. You were great. Told me that the reason why we have anxiety at all when we live in an incredibly safe place place and time relative to any part of the past we have less violence less war and less death than we ever have in the world um the reason that that happens is because our brains the our brains are wired to look for things that are dangerous uh, because that's how humans have survived for so long is being acutely aware of danger and because there aren't the normal dangers that we had around during like caveman times and whatever Mm. um now they're just like well let's make something up oh yeah think about all the things that could go bad yeah Uh, or or as i like to call it my brain yeah every night yeah every night yeah uh but enough about that Mm -hmm. so ice planet barbarians you were saying that this is a rather expansive Yes. series of novels yes it is okay so uh last week i said that they're 15 years old they're not the first book came out in 2015 my, oh, okay. my brain so, is yeah. bad with numbers like that sometimes but so the first novel came out in 2015 it was this one ice planet yeah. barbarians is the very first book i was counting today on one of the many websites dedicated to Ruby Dixon's work, I think there are 71 books. In eight years. Yes. Some of them are novellas and short stories, okay. and some of them are full-length novels, and they expand three or four series in an interconnected universe called the Rubyverse. I know. And there are people who have definitely read all of them. Oh, I cannot yeah. imagine. No, but I, I, I have to believe, I'm guessing Ruby Dixon is just an independently published. published. I don't think I don't think she's independent. Oh. I, I think she has to have a publishing house Okay, well, now. I was going to say, I, I just, I mean, I assumed that. The reason well, being is that check the you page. have the flexibility. I, she's not the only author who has books like this out there is what I'm saying. So, like... Oh man, I, I I have this great idea, but I don't I can't flesh it out into a full book. Screw it. Yeah. This one's a oh, novel. Oh no, fuck me. I was wrong. Copyright by Ruby Dixon. There you go. Nobody owns this but her. Well, but that's what I'm saying is like so now she has the flexibility. She's not beholden to like we need you to turn in a 400-page 
Oh, not, yeah. You know, no, she this, just writes. You know, I've got a good idea for this one character. I think it'd be fun to expand on their story, so I'm going to do a, a an 80-page novella for them. Um, oh, I had this great idea. So this one's going to be a little bit more substantial. This is going to be a full-length novel. So I think that's fascinating that they are not sticking to just the convention of book, 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 every three years, book, or yeah. every two years. Just, yeah. It just just going and putting stuff out into the world as they complete it and i think that's mag- yes, just magnificent it's, it's fantastic i know a lot of the um novellas are like honeymoons okay which usually a honeymoon novella is just an extended smut oh okay there may be a little bit of plot but mostly it's just like what did you do on your honeymoon mm. well <laughs> it's a uh, it's a penthouse letter expanded exactly okay um so it is a huge story the in a beautifully built world the world building in this is fantastic if you're into sci-fi and fantasy and you don't mind a little bit of dick read some ruby dixon they're wonderful they're, and they're really interesting in terms of um the speculative you know i love speculative sci-fi that i do i know two of your favorite movies the martian mm-hmm. and arrival mm-hmm Number one and number two, in order, The yep. Martian and Arrival. There you go. So what do we have for content warnings for this book? Content warnings. Okay, Ice Planet Barbarians is available for two ninety nine on Kindle. It is oh, also well. available through Kindle <laughs> Unlimited. <laughs> That's why I like to start these things, but I couldn't make my brain work for a second there. Um, okay, uh, so content warnings. Graphic sexual violence depicted on page. It is unpleasant. I had to skip it. Noted. Um, for some people, I would recommend just staying away entirely because it is a running theme throughout several of mm-hmm. the books. Okay. Sex, sexual content with non-human life forms. They are sentient, sentient and capable of consent. Should I sound the weird dick alarm? Oh, yeah. Oh, good. We'll talk about it later, but All ding, right. ding, 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 ding. Sound All the weird right. dick alarm. And uh, my personal least favorite squick of all time, Parasites. <sighs> They're not great. I muscled through it. I forgot about them. I told you, I've read this book twice before, but I forgot right. about them. Uh, and I hate it. And it's gross. Also, um, survival in a very harsh environment and life and death situations. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. Well, let's fucking get after it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so our FMC this week, her name is Georgie Carruthers. We start the book from her point of view, but this is a dual POV book as well as some of the others that we have read in the past. Georgie has been abducted by aliens. She falls asleep one night in her own bed at home, and she wakes up on a spaceship being examined by little green men. Not not a great way to start the day. No, um, the the description makes them sound like that the quintessential alien with the oblong head and the weird mm-hmm. eyes and the skinny little limbs. Yeah, she has been inoculated to whatever space whatever's she might have, and they also have put implanted a tracker under her skin. Um, she then passes out again, and then wakes up in a cargo hold, a very small container with four other women in it. Did, did at any point does she Sorry, use five? Does she at any point does she say that the aliens are batting her knockers around? No, <laughs> uh, no. Okay. No, she doesn't. Um, so there are five other women plus Georgie 
and six other women in stasis pods in the back of the cargo hold. So all told, there are currently 12 women being abducted from Earth. Is this a sort of space harem? No. Okay. No. So the um, they have been abducted by cre- uh, uh, a, a race called the Sitz. S-Z-Z-T. Sitz. All right. And the Sitz are galactic slave traders. Mm. They are cattle. Real shitbags they are. Really, really shitty. Uh, to tell you exactly how shitty they are, they use rape as a punitive measure. <laughs> it's it's fucking horrific. Like, it's gross. It's so bad. This is in the first or second chapter of the book. It takes approximately a page. They they abduct one more one more woman. Her name is Dominique, and when she can't stop screaming because she has been abducted by aliens. They, they they think that that's going to stop the screaming. It does eventually because well, she passes out from the shock. Well, it's, yeah, as it's you would. It's just, it's horrible. Yeah. But it gives you a true idea of what these aliens think of, of the women that they are carting around All right now. All right. They, they have no care. Well, let's not think about that anymore. No, let's not. So they spend several days in the hold of this ship. They're fed and watered regularly, but they have to like shit in a bucket. And um, after a while... Georgie's like, fuck this. Maybe we can attempt some kind of coup. Mm-hmm. Um, if we can get a weapon, because they're all armed, if we can get them to open the door, maybe we've got a shot of threatening. So the little green men are not the sits. The little green men are like the engineers of the ship. Okay. The sits are a, they call, she calls them basketball heads. They have large, round orange heads they're covered in little bumps mm-hmm. they look exactly like basketballs <laughs> but without the lines weird yeah um so they're thinking if they can subdue the sits they can get the engineers to take them home all right so they formulate a plan so what they're gonna do is georgie's going to get one of them to open the door the most likely way to get them to open the door is to piss them off so much that they take her out for punishment yeah um but before they can get her out she's going to attack and then get the weapon off of the guard yeah um so the day comes that they're going to do this they have the plan all set up but something is going wrong on the ship already one of the girls her name is kira has a translator like stapled onto her ear Okay. So that she, at least one of them, can understand when they are when they are given orders, mm-hmm. and she can hear over the intercoms that something is wrong, like there's something wrong with the engine. So they decide they're going to go ahead with the plan anyway. But while they are executing the plan, <laughs> the plan is Georgie gets one of the sits to open the door by sp- like spitting on him or doing something to disrespect him, mm-hmm. and she has their um, waste bucket. <laughs> okay. And she's going to throw it on him. And then when he's while he's disoriented, she's going to take his gun. And she doesn't really manage to do that because as he as he approaches her, he gets the door open and he comes toward stalks toward her. She can't throw the bucket properly. So she kind of slops it all over herself and all over him. Mm-hmm. And then they have catastrophic engine failure. And their protocol apparently is to disengage the cargo hold. Oh, and just jettison. And just jettison. All right. So they are suddenly floating through the air because they've disengaged the artificial gravity as part of this process with all of the women and the waste material and everything else. (laughs) Oh, no. It's so, it's, it's, 
It's not. It's not a pretty scene. It's just a just a turd slowly floating yeah. towards your face, and you can't get away. Oh god! Oh god! Oh god! Oh god! Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> the gravity reengages. They all hit the floor. Oh, splat! Yep. <laughs> she finds the gun that was attached to the guard. She can't fire it, though, because it doesn't have a trigger. It's an alien gun. She doesn't know how to use it. Yeah. But it's hefty, so instead she just turns it around and uses the stock to bash his head in. Smart. Yeah. Yeah. So she has one dead alien, but they are now disengaged from the rest of the ship and plummeting in free fall. They land. Everybody is hurt. So Georgie has a broken wrist and a busted shoulder. Two of the women have died. Ooh. In total, by the time they had left Earth and started back toward wherever they were going, there were actually like seven women. Mm. Or maybe nine. Eight. Two. Three. Nine. There were nine total women in the cargo hold plus six in the tubes. Mm -hmm. Two of them died on impact when they hit whatever planet they hit. And everybody else is catastrophically injured it's fucked up they're <laughs> already malnourished they're already living in terrible conditions so they're not particularly healthy and now they've got all of these injuries and they don't they, they're still trying to decide what to do when they realize that there is a big crack in the hull and snow is falling through that crack and breathable air is coming through that crack as well they haven't asphyxiated on whatever the yeah. atmosphere is made out of i gotta say i know that we just started yeah but this is our eighth episode, mm -hmm. and it is this is the weirdest. Like I've not once in our run gone. Oh man, this does not sound like a good runway to smut <laughs> until now. Yeah, like okay, so here we are: aliens, death, destruction, f human waste, yeah. floating through the air, yeah. broken bones, yeah. Trauma. Trauma. Trauma on trauma on Severe trauma. Severe trauma. Yeah. I'm holding out hope. Oh, it gets better. Okay, it gets good. so much better from good. here. But most, there. so there are, as far as I, as far as my brain can categorize, there are two different kinds of alien romances. There are abduction mm -hmm. and what used to be called Mars Needs Women. <laughs> okay. And what I now prefer to call Mars Needs Mates. Yeah. Where... Usually the conceit is like the aliens came and saved Earth from cataclysm, but in exchange we had to be part of their mail order bride program <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. This is an alien abduction version, obviously, um, but it is also a Mars Needs Mates. We, we'll get there later, but yeah. it's also a Mars Needs Mates book. And yes, there's a lot of trauma often in alien abduction books. It does not start out pleasant. <laughs> Why would it? No, no, it, no. <laughs> but still, this feels like a lot. It is. All right. It is a lot. It is only going to go up from here, All though. Right. So everything's Let, okay, I all swear. All right, let's go. Okay. So Georgie decides that what she's going to do is she's the least injured, and now they're also treating her like the leader mm -hmm. because she's the one who came up with the coup plan. Now, do we still have our translator? Kira's still there. Yeah. Kira? I, I was going to say Callie. Kira. Kira, yep. Right. And also uh, the other main friend of Georgie's who gets a lot of page time in this book is a woman named Liz who has just... She's got a mouth on her, and I love her. She's She takes no shit from no person. Like her already. Yes. So Georgie decides she's going to climb out of the cargo hold through the crack in the hull and explore and see if she can find anything to eat, anything to drink, 
anything at all. She strips the like jumpsuit spacesuit thing off of the dead sits and put and gets herself into it as best as she can. It doesn't quite fit properly or whatever but it's the best that she's got um she's now covered in human waste she hasn't had a shower in like two weeks and she's wearing a dead guy's clothes and she climbs out of the hall mondays am i right right she takes two or three days worth of rations they have these little like she calls them seaweed bars Mm -hmm. and water and she climbs out of the hall and she is on they call it not hoth they call (laughs) it not hoth for the rest of the series um Noth, not Hoth. Um, I think it has a name. I just can't remember what it is. It's a completely snowy, desolate planet with barely anything on it. Um, but she does see, like, in the distance, there are some kind of trees. So she starts walking toward that. She gets there. She finds water. They have hot spring water that comes up out of the ground. And so the rivers haven't frozen over. She goes to stick her face in it. And her face is almost eaten off by something that's described like a giant alien anglerfish. Except that his thingy, whatever, the, the angler part. The dangly bobber. The dangly bit. is like It looks like a tree. Mm. Um, or something that yeah. sticks out of the water and is meant to camouflage them. So she jumps back and she starts running in the opposite direction, but she's not paying enough attention and she steps right into one of those, like, I don't know if they have a name. I'm sure they do. Those snares that grab you by the foot and hang you upside down. Yeah, a, a snare. A, a snare, snare. trap. Yeah. Okay, a snare trap. Yeah. Uh, so she steps directly into a snare trap, gets flipped upside down, uh, she has she's lost her food she's lost her water and she hangs upside down so long that she starts to pass out and just as she's losing consciousness she is approached by a, a white furry figure that she can't really make out mm-hmm. and then she passes out that white furry figure is our mmc his name is vectal good name yes um, and he's not actually white or furry but he's wearing furs because mm-hmm. he lives on a planet that is covered in snow Vectal is a hunter. He's his community is a very small, very primitive tribal community called the Sa- the Sakwi. Okay. And when he finds her, he cuts her down and as soon as he looks at her face, his chest starts to vibrate. <laughs> um and his what they call a qui starts to sing. And that is his indication that he has found his life mate. <laughs> I remember when my quee <laughs> vibrated when I met you. God, I fucking hope you don't have a quee. Um, the quee is not explained much until later, but it is very important okay. to Vectal. It is. I'm gonna. I'm gonna explain it now. Please do. It is do. a mutually beneficial symbiotic parasite. It is a long, glowing worm that lives. In your heart. No. I know. I'm sorry. It's gross and I hate it. The only reason I accept it in this version of the book or in this version of reality is that it is mutually beneficial and doesn't hurt you. I don't. It's still gross though. Mm, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't like it. I'm so sorry. So the Kui is bonded to every Sakui in childhood when they are four days old. Oh. They have to have it. If they don't have it, they will die. <laughs> so the Kui, what it does is it makes it gives their body the ability to survive the harsh temperatures. It gives them increased healing ability. It also finds your mate for you. 
Um, and it does this by singing when you come into contact with the only person around who can give you kids. It's a biological pair matching, basically. And this worm was just like this one. This this one. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how it possibly this one, does it. This one. This this alien. Yes. Which I just now like it makes sense, but I just imagine like, you know, a human landing on an alien planet and they go, You look weird and be like, Fuck you, you look weird. I look normal. And they're like, Fuck you. I look normal. Like yeah. a lot of time is spent in this book comparing what they look like because Georgie yeah. looks weird to him. Yeah. Well yeah. She's small and smooth and pale and peachy and she has five fingers and no tail you know a lot of stuff (laughs) a lot of stuff that makes georgie different from vectal is it weird not having a tail it's actually great we'll get to that later as to why it's great oh boy i (laughs) can't wait Uh, so the the quee is humming in Vectal's chest, so he knows for sure that he has to take care of her. The thing, the thing about their culture is that they honor the Quee above everything. <laughs> if you find your life mate, that is it. You accept them immediately. Doesn't matter. They're yours. You're theirs. Perfect devotion forever. I don't like. <laughs> I don't like giving over so much of my life to a worm. <laughs> I don't. Well, I mean, to them, it's normal. This is their culture we're talking about but now. there has to be dumb worms. Like, there has to be, like, worms that are just like, yeah, I'm just going to fuck with this guy. I don't think the worms are that advanced in, for, in no. terms of their ability to think. I don't like it. Oh, well, you don't have to like it. All right. You're not you're not. I don't on have to deal with it. I'm not, not Hoth. I'm not, I'm not on Noth- yeah. Not Hoth. I'm, I do live in Michigan, though. So. <laughs> in the winter, sometimes it looks like not Hoth outside. But, yeah, it's not. Um so he takes her to a hunting cave. They're uh, littered all over the place because his people his people are a hunter-gatherer society, mostly hunter. They have caves all over near their home cave where they can stay overnight that are fully supplied and have like sleeping furs and dry wood and all of the things that they need to get through the night. He takes her there and he strips her down. And Respectfully. Uh, I'm guessing respectfully because she's wet. Like he's trying <laughs> yeah. to get her dry and warm. Um, and he finds her to be smooth, small, and peachy, unlike his people. Uh, and he knows that he, she has no quee because her eyes look normal. Um, he gets her fully naked. And like the second he lays eyes on her pussy, he starts to eat her out. What? Now, here's the thing. This is a non-consensual act. Yeah. We are not comfortable with that at all. We, the royal we, me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only reason I can forgive it is because he has no concept. Uh, oh, 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 yeah, okay. <laughs> to to him and his people, once the queen starts singing, that's it. Mm. It's in it, it's it also causes like a physiological response. Like he needs to fuck her. There's, there's like a hormone dump or whatever. Mm-hmm. He needs to, um, respectfully. Yeah. <laughs> if she wakes up and says no, he'll stop. Mm. And indeed, she like she wakes up to him doing that. She thinks she's dreaming still. She comes. Then she fully wakes up and he's like trying to get on top of her. And she's like, no, 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 no. So she rears back and tries to kick him in the chest and she almost breaks her own foot <laughs> because he's just bigger and stronger yeah. than her. She is like vaguely okay with what's going on right now, but also knows that it's wrong, but also knows that she's comfortable for the first time in like two weeks. Yeah. And she's not 
on an alien spaceship being taken like cattle to wherever the hell she's going so she's like okay i guess i'm gonna have to roll with this and then (laughs) it's just such a weird thing to have to roll with. it is but also and like you've been abducted by aliens like you're you don't have choices no at that point you your your survival is your only choice yeah right um so she gets her just gathers herself together post orgasmically um and takes a look at him and catalogs what she's seeing vectal is a seven plus foot tall male not man very often we don't use the word man in these books because they're not human right uh normally i am very against using male and female as a way to describe like you know these females don't know i hate that it makes me sick um Mm -hmm. because it's very disrespectful to the entire trans community and it also dehumanizes me yeah as a person um but because we're not dealing in humans anymore i let it slide i do still get a little squick every time though reasonable every time he like refers to her as his female i'm like god don't do that Uh, (laughs) don't do that okay moving on um so he is seven plus feet tall. He has a crown of horns. Like his horns go like th- this around his head. They grow out of his forehead and then arch back around the okay. crown of his head. And then he has bony protrusions that come down his nose and are also on his like shoulder on his triceps and shoulders mm-hmm. and his like the backs of his hands. He is a sort of gray blue color his skin feels more like suede than like human skin interesting he's got long black hair but it's the only hair on his body is on his head and smooth blue and hairless smooth blue and hairless exactly and he's got three fingers and a thumb all right and three toes Mm -hmm. and what looks like she says like the vestiges of what used to be a fifth or like a fourth toe on mm-hmm. the back, like a bird claw yeah, or yeah, something yeah. like that. He also has a tail. And on the covers of the books, it looks a bit like a snow leopard tail. Okay. If you can imagine yes. that. Yeah. I downloaded some fan art for you so that you could get a better idea of mm-hmm. what he looks like. Is it SFW? It is SFW. Right. Um, it's just some cute fan art that uh, that someone drew. I'll put it on the socials. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's yeah. pretty much what I was imagining. Yeah. yeah, that's what he looks like. And also his eyes are glow blue and they have no pupil. Okay. So that's Vectal in a nutshell. He, They cannot talk to each other. This is one of my favorite tropes. I didn't know this until a few years ago when I read my very first one, that an inability to communicate trope is one of my favorite tropes. Because it forces them to communicate in other ways besides words. Mm-hmm. It also completely eliminates one of my least favorite tropes, the miscommunication trope. Yeah. <laughs> I know how much you hate that one. Oh, God, I hate it so much. You can't miscommunicate if you can't fucking communicate at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I was like. I know how much you value clear communication. So I was a little confused by when you said this is one of your favorite tropes. But now I understand. Yes. Yeah, that's why. That's exactly why. Because I just, I just, I like it when, when people are forced to figure out how to get to know each other without words. Because also without words, you can't lie. Yeah. So at this point, 
Georgie has refused sex with Vectal. Vectal is mad. He won't do it without her consent. Oh, yeah. But he's still pissed because he doesn't understand why. He... Sh- sh- he wants to explain to her that he and his tribe will... will take out the the creature that they need to get the quee from and give one to her as soon as possible but he can't um so he just starts taking care of her she is also at this point generally pissed with just what's happening to her will the not to to backtrack too much will the quee like serve as a translator for her like if if she has a queen she'll okay no all right um just curious so he starts to go and take care of her and she flinches away thinking that he might hurt her. Mm-hmm. Um, she obviously hasn't had good experiences with aliens up to this point. Um, and he is immediately furious because someone in her past has hurt her mm-hmm. and he can't kill them. Because <laughs> that is also Sakwi tradition. Yeah. I As unhealthy as that emotion is. I felt it. Yeah, I felt yep. it. That's another trope that we uh, that we love. Me personally love. It's called the "Who did this to you?" trope. Yeah. Whenever injuries are seen on the the person that you that you want to be with for the rest of your life, you who did this to you, and then immediately start plotting revenge. Chef's kiss. Yeah, love that stuff. He tries to give her food, but he can't. She can't eat their food because it's way too spicy. <laughs> For her to eat. Interesting. Um, but she does drink the water. He tries to take care of her. He finds her smallness, her physical weakness, her lack of quee to be heartbreaking because he thinks that she's going to die on this <laughs> planet. He's going to have just found her yeah. and then she'll die. So she gives into the, the reality of being taken care of by this big guy. Um, and I'm guessing probably is like, thank fuck, finally, <laughs> someone who can just take care of me for a little while. Oh, God, it's been so hard. Um, they go to sleep by the fire. They wake up cuddling. Georgie is still hungry, so he gets dressed and says he'll, he'll go hunt for her. Mm-hmm. She wants to come with him. She doesn't want to be left alone. So he takes her out hunting and he carries her every time they travel from one place to another from this point on she will be on his back like a spider monkey (laughs) he doesn't want her to walk anywhere wait what said like yoda on luke like yoda on luke ride a bitch's back like yoda on luke so he hunts her a what's called a quill beast looks like a cross between a porcupine and a rat he tries to feed it to her raw she does not want that the sakwi eat all of their meat raw eventually he gets her to eat because she's starving she gives in he feeds her little bites of raw meat off of his knife and whatever and then then he shows her how to safely get water without (laughs) being eaten here's how you drink without getting your face bit off yeah and to do that what they do is they have this like berry that you they crush up and they throw it in the water and those like little those fish that eat people (laughs) don't like the berry so they vacate the vicinity for a while the, okay. that berry is also what they use in ter- in place of soap and he's like do you want to go she's like can i go take a bath she's asking if she can like wash yeah. wash like miming washing he's like yeah go ahead so they both get into this hot spring river and here's where we get our dick report hey <laughs> bechtel has a weird dick i would be disappointed if he didn't yes it's not super weird 
but it is weird. It is proportionally very large because he is yeah. over seven feet tall. Um, it is ridged like the rest of his body has those weird bony ridges on it. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. They're not. the That fan art I showed you made it look like like a shell mm-hmm. or something, but it's more like it's under the skin or cartilage on his dick. Okay. But it's still, so it's ridged. Yeah. And he has what he calls a spur. It sits right above his dick on the pubic bone. Mm-hmm. It's like a little cone of solid cartilage. Okay. I'm trying, I'm trying to, knots and spurs. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to the wild world of romance. The I, dicks are weird. I am fascinated to hear the kind of dicks that these writers come up with. Yeah. Tell me more about Vectel's dick. I mean, that's that's kind of about it. It is completely oh, okay. hairless. Uh, his entire body is completely well, yeah. hairless. That, I think, is a little weird. Because I don't know what I would think if I saw a dick without pubes. Yeah. It's not great. Not my not my alien, not my problem. It, it looks like a featherless bird <laughs> flew into a window and then... And then just collapsed in your lap. <laughs> yeah. That's what it looks like. Yeah. So the spur basically is, um, it's like a clitoral stimulator. That's mm. what it's for. Yeah. Just in case anybody is confused about why it was there. No, I, yeah. Although uh, I don't know why they have it because as Vectal points out from his point of view during his first meeting with Georgie, the Sakwi women do not have clitorises. <laughs> He's fascinated by the clitoris. He thinks it's a nipple because he doesn't know what else it could possibly be. Yeah. And why do you, at some point they evolved to have this spur to please women, One to please the vagina havers of their population, one assumes, but the vagina havers do not have clitorises. That just seems like a convenient plot device. It really is. And we thank Ruby for that one yeah. because, well... You can write whatever kind of dick you want into yeah. the book. But I'm just, but again, uh, now he's seven foot tall, but it, it, so it's, you know, his penis is proportionally large, but is it like ab- even like large by what you would imagine? <sighs> are you, because uh, chances are if, mm. if he's that large and she's that small, chances are. you're not going to feel the spur. Yeah, I know. Right. Like, you're not going to get that far <laughs> down the dick. That's what I thought. That's what I thought, too. The first time I read that, I was like, that's never going to happen then. Um, but she does feel it. So I don't know if she's got some kind of magical vagina or what. Um, do you remember that, that video we both saw it and you were talking about it, the woman with the tape measure who was talking about how big a dick can be before it is, it is completely unusable. Yep. I saw a stitch of that on TikTok where a, a Ruby Dixon fan was calling out the names of various MMCs as it got bigger. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Because these giant dudes have giant dicks. Well, yeah, it stands to reason, yeah. Uh, if I had to guess, Vectal probably has a 10-inch dick mm-hmm. and Georgie can barely touch her fingers together when she puts them around it. Okay. So... Yeah. It's not No, that's that, that that's what I okay, yeah, that's what yeah. I'd imagine. It's not like impossible. No. No. You just need to be careful. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them though, I think Rahosh, who's in the second book, I think he's like a big boy. 
Okay. If I remember correctly. So maybe not him. Mm. <laughs> maybe his lady will never feel the spur. <laughs> um, they have another, they don't have sex at this point, but Georgie is definitely turned on by mm. him and she's willing to fool around with him. And he asks for sex and she says no. She says she wants to go up the mountain. Vectel's trying to lead them down the mountain. She wants to go back up the mountain. And he is like, no. And she's like, if you take me up the mountain, then I will have sex with you. She doesn't feel good about that. But also (laughs) (laughs) points up and then just like makes a circle with her fingers and does the. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like puts her index finger in in the the hole that her thumb and index finger on her other hand makes. Yeah. 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 So she at this point, she doesn't feel good about it. No, she doesn't feel good. about it. At this point, they have had the me Tarzan, you Jane. Okay. Like he knows her name and she knows his name and they have. They have tried their best to communicate with each other, but they can't really. He, uh, so I think what she does is she sort of grabs his dick and is like, Georgie Vectal Mountain, Mountain, yeah. Georgie Vectal. Yeah. Like trying to get him to understand. And so he says, yes, she, she doesn't feel good about this. She doesn't want to trans- trade, trade in sexual favors, mm-hmm. but there are also so many women's lives at risk yeah. that she's not. <laughs> You got to do what you got to do. morals to the wind. You've got to do what yeah. you've got to do to save people's lives. Okay, so I fucked one alien to save my friends. Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't? Once he agrees, she kisses him. And this is the first time Vectal has ever had a kiss because kissing is also a thing his people don't do. Mm. So he's like stunned. And let me guess, the Vectal women don't have lips either. The Sakwi the oh, women? Yes, the Vectal women. The Sakwi women they don't have, have lips either. They have lips. They look exactly, they um, they look almost exactly like like Vectal. They oh, all okay. look uh, very similar. I just, you said that the spur is supposed to stimulate the clitoris. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> they don't have clitorises. He's never had a kiss. They don't have, have lips. lips. Yeah, he's I understand. Got them. <laughs> no. Uh, so they they start, they they enjoy this kiss very much. Vectal's oh Vectal's tongue also has weird ridges on it. Hmm. By the way, um, which she says are very good for oral. Well, yeah. I I don't know. I don't know that they would be. I can understand how they could. I can be. understand how they could be, but I don't know that they would be because you can't always feel like textures down no, there. Yeah, it's not that sensitive. I can't always feel textures. Yeah, no, it's it's very broad. Yeah. 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 So while she's kissing him, she's like, "Oh, he's got a ridged tongue. That's interesting. Whatever, whatever. It's 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 wink, wink, wink. Yeah. Catherine Hahn winking meme. <laughs> uh, so they get redressed after they've ha- they've bathed. And they start heading back towards the crash site, but um, night has fallen and Vectal wants to stop because it's not safe to travel at night. But Georgie's like, fuck this. I'm going to keep going. So she stomps off by herself and she immediately falls into a crevasse. Yeah, like you like do. you do and she is surrounded by eyes oh, in the darkness oh no. yeah unpleasant <laughs> she has fallen into a metlac cave metlacs are the next highest up species in terms of mental capacity mm-hmm. on this planet but they are still very much in the caveman phase mm-hmm. uh they look sort of like Wookies, mm-hmm. a little bit. They're big, they're hairy, 
they have like big eyes and tiny mouths and um used to work with a guy that looked like that. <laughs> they are not friendly they attack her immediately but vectal dives like jumps straight down into the crevasse grabs her and starts running back up out of the cave system mm-hmm. while she's being like torn at by these things they're trying to grab at her hair like she tried to do the white woman thing <laughs> when she first fell into yeah. the cave <laughs> go ahead hi oh. hello <laughs> everything's hi please don't hurt me it's all okay like she tried to do the white woman thing where you think you can talk down a bear but yeah <laughs> We can't do that. White women of the world, listen to me. As a white woman. <laughs> As a white woman, we can't do that. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> uh, so he takes her back to the back to the same hunting cave where he originally wanted to stop. She's sitting there waiting for the I told you so. But he is only interested in comforting her and taking care of her because she is even more injured after having fallen into this crevasse. And she is upset but he doesn't know why she's upset. So all he can do is try to take care of her. Um, so he splints her injured wrist, starts a fire, actually cooks some food for her, which he thinks is disgusting because he's burning all of the flavor out. <laughs> but she finally eats. And then he goes out to set more traps mm-hmm. for her and um, and gather more water mm-hmm. and gather more firewood. And she falls asleep. It- um, it's good to know that even on, on an alien planet, men still think they know better than women about like, oh, you're 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 burning that. Right. How do you, you don't know how to use a grill <laughs> on an alien planet. Men will still think that women are cooking meat wrong. Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah. <laughs> uh, cooking is the purview of women until it becomes fire outside. And then suddenly men need to have something to do with it. Um, <laughs> the next day, they are snowed into the cave by a blizzard. So Vectal is pleased. Vectal is very happy with that. He's oh, like, yeah. oh, I get to spend more time alone with my Georgie. He is dedicating his life to her. This is the cultural norm for him. So he wants to get to know her and spend as much time with her as possible. They spend the day trying to learn each other's words, doing the whole like, what's this? Pointing yep. at this. That's fire. That's uh, that's furs. That's hair. That's they do all their body words. vagina yeah uh things start getting a little flirty a little tingly but vectal stops her before she can get too far ahead of herself because he doesn't want her to be upset okay if he has sex with her before they get to the top of the mountain because he thinks that the mountain has something to do with it. Oh, sweet, sweet. I was, I was, I was, I was going to say something, something just occurred to me. Men, I'm talking to the men now. If you're listening to this, I just want you to understand what we have been told. Vectal is an alien who has never seen a clitoris, but immediately knew how to find it. Yes. It's not that hard. (laughs) If an alien who's never seen a clit immediately can find it. I saw a great tweet recently that said, I don't understand how men can't find it. It's exposed like like the weak point on a boss in a video game (laughs) true true it's right there if this alien can find it so can you i believe in you (laughs) i will say i have had trouble finding it in the past yeah i understand the first couple of times you're like you know where yours is i know where mine is (laughs) finding it on other people 
yeah. has been challenging in the past. That's fair. But eventually I did figure it out. All you got to do is try, boys. Try yep. your best. Yep. Boys and theys who want to put their mouth on a vagina. Yep. And girls, I suppose. Whomstever. Whomstever wants to put their mouth on a vagina. I should not I should not be limiting that. Yeah. All you got to do is try. Yep. And communicate. And ask. And ask. And express that you need help. Is this it? Is this it? Well, this. <laughs> Found it. <laughs> uh, but Vectal does immediately know how to f- know what to do yeah. with hers. Oh, yeah. Uh, so which, anyway, is, so. which is nice for him. Um, Vectal stops her before they can have sex because he thinks that she'll be upset but she's like no what are you doing and so she starts with kissing she teaches him more about kissing including french kissing uh although he doesn't know what the french are so (laughs) (laughs) um he explores her body he really likes how soft it is how supple and warm it is he likes the fact that her nipples aren't hard like armored <laughs> because apparently Sakui nipples are armored you gotta be um, you don't, you don't, you, there are so many dangers on that planet you seriously they you gotta will, protect them nips they will come for your nips from everything yeah um eventually he gets down to some serious nipple play and when he when his qui vibrates which it does every time he's close to her his his mouth vibrates too. That's unsettling. <laughs> so it's like it's like he's a living vibrator. That's in some capacity unfair. I know, but this is this is alien sex world. It's often unfair. Yeah, okay. It's often unfair. We don't hold our actual human sex partners to the standards no. that alien men might be able to uh, no. to meet. Yeah, you're not gonna be that. That thing's like wrenched in there. We got to adjust this mic stand here. No, you push. You're going the wrong way. There you go. Now, there you go, and ah, it's better to have it a little higher so that it, it climbs down. You're going to s- peek behind the scenes here, folks. I might edit it out. I might not. That sounded a little bit like it could be dirty if you didn't know the context. Yeah. <laughs> if you just started the podcast right there. Yeah, right? So, anyway, they have sex. Yay! Georgie really enjoys the spur. Good for her. Good for her. There are so many orgasms. Yeah. They go for hours, and then they pass out. Uh, one would hope. Again, Usually yeah. after that much sex, you need a nap. After like 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, the average, what is it? The, ad- the average is like seven and a half minutes. Yeah. Like, it's not that long. You don't have to actually go for hours. No. There is, I think, in porn and in romance books and in the world... This idea that you should be able to go for a really long time. Yeah. Why? Sounds awful. Yeah. I I remember. I mean, I I learned that uh, not to dive too far into our personal life, but I I figured that out finally when I when I met you uh, that I was like, wait a second. That didn't take that long at all. You you came. I came. We're both satisfied. Yeah, we're both happy. And Let's, neither one of us is chafed. Yeah, exa- exactly. Let's, uh, you want to go to Starlight? Yeah, let's go to the diner. Yeah, let's go to the all-night diner and get an omelet. And then go home and do it again. Because <laughs> that's what we did when we first met. Ah, to be young. Yes, and <laughs> childless. And childless, yes. All right. All right, so... so, so they have orgasms s- aplenty. Oh, yes. Yeah, so many orgasms. Everybody falls asleep happy. In the morning, Vectal wakes up. He goes out to um, collect the food from his traps and get 
more water and he finds the body of Dominique frozen in the snow and he finally understands why Georgie has been so adamant oh. to go up the mountain. So Dominique was trying to come down the mountain. Yeah. Well, eventually when they they actually do get back up to the top, Vectel like straps her onto his straps her onto his back, takes her out, shows him shows her Dominique says that he is sorry in as much that he can yeah. apologize to her at all and streaks up the mountain as fast as he possibly can. They get to the cargo hold. They find five women plus six in stasis. So there's yeah. 12 total humans still alive on this planet. Um, Kira's got a translator. Yep. Yep. So the implant still works and it works on Vectal. Oh, good. And she translates some stuff for him, including that Georgie is his mate. Georgie doesn't know this. <laughs> She's like, whoa, 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 no. Listen here. We got a stage five clinger. Yeah. We had sex <laughs> one time, Bechtel. Um, uh, but she she doesn't want to deal with any of that right now. Uh, yeah. So she sends Bechtel back off. Bechtel goes to get more food and more supplies for the total number of women who are in the cargo hold. Mm-hmm. And he is horrified by the condition that they're in they're very sick yeah they're very weak they uh are freezing to death but he's also secretly super hopeful because this is a mars needs mates book his people are dying off (laughs) there are only four adult women okay and like 20 adult unmated men and they only do one mate this isn't a why choose Mm -hmm. so his, there are only 38 of them in total, and two of them are children. They're going to die out mm-hmm. unless something happens. And he's kind of hopeful that these human women are the answer from the universe. It, it, yeah. You're putting a lot of faith that yeah. their wombs are going to be yeah. compatible with your seed. Yeah. Well, the thing is that the Kui is never wrong. Like, he believes that he will be able right. to mate Georgie because the Kui is never wrong. Okay. It wouldn't give him a mate that he couldn't procreate with. Mm-hmm. So he's hopeful that all of these women will also be able to find a mate amongst his tribe. I'll buy in. Yeah. He collects all the supplies that he needs and he kills something big enough to feed everyone. He drags it back. He starts prepping it and he cooks it for them and they make a plan to get them all out safe. The plan is basically what I right here. Oh, but first hugs. As soon as he gets back, he needs to give Georgie a great big hug. Cause he's been away from her for like, 45 minutes yeah that's so cute um the plan is basically that he and georgie are going to go all the way back down the mountain gather the other hunters from his tribe and all the supplies they need to go back up the mountain to feed and clothe all of these women for the trek and then they are going to take out what's called a sakotsk can't really pronounce it which is the creature that they need to kill to get the kui to give Mm. the kui to all of the women because if they don't they will all die not because the environment is harsh, but because the atmosphere has a poisonous substance in it that the Kui helps filter out. That's why they all need to, need mm. to have this parasite. So they all already have what they call Kui sickness. That's part of the reason why they're so weak. The only reason Georgie's doing much better is because she's been fed and warm this whole time. Uh, but they're all dying. Yep. They Sakwi dick, you know, keeps the a Sakwi dick a day. <laughs> keeps the, the Sakwi dick keeps the, the, keeps the, keeps the sickness at bay. Yeah, he gets them all settled and situated, and then he takes Georgie over to like the farthest corner 
of this very small cargo hold and tries to get busy and she's like <laughs> they're right there. no but they don't have that in their culture he doesn't understand i don't understand i'm the same <laughs> way maybe i'm Vector. he's like i lived my whole life here and people getting busy yeah. all the time I don't understand. But of course, Georgie said no. So they're not going to have sex. And that's the end of it. But the girls are all giving Georgie a hard time yeah. about like, we let you out to go get food and water and you got alien dick. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> Georgie is confronted with the reality that he, that she think that he thinks that they are forever. But she still thinks that there is the possibility that they could go home again. Mm -hmm. Like they don't want to give up hope on being able to go back to Earth. All of these women are single women in their early 20s. They are all healthy. They were healthy before yeah, this all I was started. Say. <laughs> they are all healthy. They are unmarried. They have never had children. Uh, and they have no close by family. So they were like the perfect people to take, mm -hmm. basically. Except for one. Um, Trigger warning for what I'm about to say for child loss. One girl came on board two months pregnant and they forcibly aborted the baby. Mm. They just they want them unpregnant. We, we will add that to the content warning oh, uh, in, 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 the show in the show notes. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm sorry. I forgot about that one when we were doing content warnings. Yeah, the it, it, um, there was a lot. Yeah, there was a lot of content to warn you. Yeah. about. So they both go to bed disappointed because they both wanted to have sex, but they won't because Georgie can't get over the idea of having sex where the girls can hear. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next day, Vectal takes her back down the mountain to his people. And this is around the time that Georgie realizes, oh shit, he's got people. He's not just like the only guy on this planet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there's people. Like he's just one dude. <laughs> this is one guy wandering the planet alone, waiting for a woman um, or, or whatever. Um, so they go back down the mountain and on the way down, they stop at what is called the Elder Cave, which is what they believe. They believe that it is the cave that they came from, their whole okay. people. And technically that is true because when they get in there and they get settled and they have sex again, because of course they do, uh, once, once they are finally alone in their own cave, Georgie starts to see lights blinking behind, like the, the cave walls are all coated in a thick layer of ice, mm -hmm. but she starts to see lights blinking behind the ice and Vectal's like, yeah, it's the the stars the stars inside the cave it's it's a it's the elder cave it's magic it's there are stars in the walls and she's like this is a spaceship <laughs> so she gets a big piece of wood and one of vectal's knives and she melts and carves her way through the ice pushes a button and the whole thing turns on again it is a fucking spaceship. Hey, Eureka. Yeah. And it has a um, an AI interface that can speak English and it starts talking to her and it tells her all of the rest of the backstory and all of the exposition that we need to know about these people. Mm -hmm. Perhaps it is voiced by Ice-T. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I think it should be a law that if you have exposition in your story, irrespective of the medium that you're telling your story in, it has to be. It has to be <laughs> icy. Or Michael Pena uh, <gasps> as his character. Oh, uh, I think it's Louise. Yeah, in, in, Louise. In the Ant-Man yeah. Ant movies. Oh, my God. That's a good one, too. So, anyway, so this AI tells her that this, this is a sock pleasure cruiser that crash landed on this planet 
287 years ago. Mm-hmm. And the surviving crew of this pleasure cruiser are the ancestors of Vectal's people who managed to figure out how to survive on this planet by taking the Kui. I don't know how. They didn't get into that, so don't ask. So they are the Sok Kui, our modified Sok. They are Sok who have been modified with a Kui. That's why they're called that. Sok Kui. Sok Kui. And then the AI is like, would you like to be able to talk to him? And Georgie's like, yes. <laughs> so she eh. gets she gets a an immediate download of his entire language directly into her brain. Like Wi-Fi? I fucking love sci-fi for this kind of shit. Yeah. She learns the whole language like immediately. Fuck your babble and your Duolingo. Seriously. <laughs> somebody just upload an entire language into my frontal cortex. I'll figure it out from there. It also oh, it also explains everything that the Qui can do. So the Qui allows for cold weather survival, wound healing and disease management, slows aging, ensures procreation by mating to biologically viable life partners. Okay. There, so that, that, that explains how Bechtel's Qui understands. Yeah. The descendants of the crash survivors have been on the planet for 287 of this planet's years, and this planet is 378 and a half day long years. So Okay. So 287 times an extra 23, eh, okay. Yeah, so it's been like, what, 300 years or something? Um, They have completely forgotten all of this. His people have. Mm -hmm. They don't know anything about space or space travel. They went primitive. They had to. They went into survival mode, and now they don't know anything about it. Georgie is now confronted with the reality that she has to accept this cold resistant tapeworm mm-hmm. or she will die and all of the women on the spaceship with her will die um you can't remove a queen from the host once it's in or the host will die if the queen dies inside of the host they have to get a new one in there immediately or the host will die so if she takes the queen if they take the queen they have to stay mm-hmm for a mutually beneficial parasite, there's a lot of caveats. Yeah, but also you don't die. Yeah, no, I I understand. But like, it's mutually beneficial. It's okay. It's okay. But it could die inside you. Then you need another one, or you're gonna die. Uh, I I don't know. I'm I'm overthinking. This <laughs> you thing, are because I don't like because you don't like the idea of the parasite. Mm, Neither do I. I'm finding excuses to not have. It. <laughs> well, I'm again very happy to tell you you never have to because it's <gasps> oh, not real. Oh, thank God. It's not real. Oh, thank God. So anyway, so um. They collect themselves and get going to the home cave. The home cave, once they finally get there, is a giant, perfectly circular, like a donut cave that's been carved out of the side of a mountain Mm -hmm. with a big hot spring in the middle of it that keeps the entire place warm. And then there are um, smaller dwelling caves carved into that. That sounds lovely. Yeah, it's really nice. There's also a big opening in the ceiling to let in sunlight and um, snow, and mm-hmm. the snow melts to provide the water inside the cave. Vectal introduces her to his people. His people are all very excited because there are suddenly women. <laughs> Yay! Yay, women. Like, the first person they run into is Rahosh, who is, like, his second-in-command hunter. Mm-hmm. Oh, Vectal is also the leader of this tribe. Oh. They call him the chief. I don't like using the word chief because I don't like the connotations that it has mm-hmm. as an American. Yeah. I prefer a leader. So he basically says, I know she's weird and pink and hairless, but I love her. So shut up. 
and they have clitorises <laughs> you guys at one point he does have like a talk with his dudes and he's like she's got this weird third nipple between her legs <laughs> that's what i'm gonna call it from now on it's great uh because when you lick it she screams <laughs> <laughs> Well, all the guys want it. <laughs> Go on, try it. Don't even <laughs> not ask. Her. Don't not, not, not her. Georgie. No, that one. Don't ask. Don't even ask. No. I didn't. No. Okay. <laughs> I know. I'm yeah. kidding. So he give, he introduces them to everyone. He takes her to his dwelling cave. He invites the healer over to to take a look at her, but the healer can't do much because without a quee. Like the healer uses her quee magic to help the other quee that heal the person who's injured. I don't I don't yeah. really know exactly how that works. But sorry, my quees are tied. I, don't, <laughs> I can't help you with this. This is uh, out of my league here. And while she is being seen by the healer and talking to the healer and getting to know her a little bit, he's having a talk with his boys and they're all like, are there women? Are they pretty? Can we <laughs> can we mate them? Are, are they mateable? And he's like, calm down and be cool. <laughs> Don't be shitty. We're going to go. We're going to get, like, they gather a bunch of supplies up. He gathers, I think, like eight hunters, all single, of course, because only the single ones want to go. Yeah, <laughs> Young well, single ones. Well, of course. Now, they all have quees. Their quees are not vibrating in the presence of these women yet? They're not in the presence of these women. Oh, they're yet. not in the. Pre- oh, that's right. He went down to get them. Yeah. My mistake. Yeah. Carry on. So um, he's like, be chill. Do not bring up mating around them. They have just been through a trauma. <laughs> we can talk about that later. But first, we have to make sure they don't fucking die. Yeah. Read the fucking yeah. room. So the next day they gather up. They go up the mountain. They stay in a cave overnight again because it, this is a two day trek. They stay in the elder cave again overnight. Some of the other um, Sakui learn English so that they can talk to the women. And then when they make it all the way up to the top of the mountain, the women are in really bad shape. Really bad shape. Mm-hmm. They're very close to death at this point. At least one of them does start vibrating. Oh, good. But they he, no, none of them fess up because they've been told not to. <laughs> you... uh your uh, chest is uh, doing a little. Uh, no, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's not. My chest isn't vibrating. My mouth isn't vibrating. Shut up. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Um, it's oh. Uh, while they stayed overnight at the home cave, they also had sex again. Uh, because of course they did. They have sex literally every time they're standing still. And uh, she gives him his first blowjob. He's had blowjobs in the past, but it's like the best blowjob of his life. Good for, I, good for, I don't know why, but I'm glad. Good for you, Earth I'm, Woman. I'm glad that this Earth Woman could suck a cock so damn good. Good for you, Georgie. That you're you're, you're changing the life of an alien. <laughs> While they... Oh, fuck. I forgot this part. While they are having pillow talk after having sex that night in the home cave, he explains to her that the Quee finds a biologically compatible mate, even if they're not your species. And she realizes that she's late. Now, I have a problem with this mm-hmm. because they've only been on this planet for six and a half days. Yeah. And usually that close to your period, you can't get pregnant. It's not that it's impossible, but you usually can't. So this is like it's it's deus ex baby oh totally plus i mean n- not just to mention the 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 stress and the trauma yeah it, like yeah 
I don't think it. I don't personally think it would be possible for Georgie to get to get pregnant right then. Maybe that Sakwi sperm is just. But she is. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So Georgie's pregnant now. Congrats! It's an alien to go along with it. Yeah. So they the next day they trek back up the mountain. They finally get to the top, and Georgie explains the rest of the whole we have to take the alien parasite or we'll die thing to the women. They have a conversation about all of that. Some of them don't want to. Some of them do. It's incredibly squicky, but they don't really have a choice. But they're also really sick of not having choices Yeah, because it's been so long since they first got abducted that some of them are just putting their foot down because they just don't fucking want to anymore. There. But eventually they all do agree that they don't have another choice. They either die in the snow or they take the quee. So they do. Um, the hunters. Uh, how, how, before you move on, how does one take a quee? We'll get to that. Okay, thank you. The hunters go out. They gather more food. They cook a bunch of stuff up for the women. And they are all absolutely thrilled to learn that there are twice as many women in this cave as they thought because there are six more in stasis pods who have no fucking clue what's going on right now by the (laughs) way oh my god that's right (laughs) they they wake these women up and they're like hey you've been asleep in alien stasis pods for two weeks we're now crash landed on another planet we're never going home and you also have to take an alien parasite and possibly fuck a big blue guy here listen to this podcast it's called cheap smut it'll explain it to you (laughs) so meta uh but the all of the hunters they're very excited that there are even more women women available their priorities are fucked but they're big himbos so they're they're sweet yeah all 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 of the sakwi are big fucking himbos and Mm. i love them so much even the traumatized sad ones are himbos (laughs) (laughs) hi hi it's you traumatized sad himbo my love my love The hunters can't wait to see who's going to resonate with whom, but they don't really have an opportunity to find out because the Sakosk is now walking through a valley nearby. It's time to go quee hunting. So they strap all the ladies up. They get them all. (laughs) Just riding around on the backs of these guys. Some of them are walking and some of them are being carried because they can't walk. Yeah, fair. Um but they they get them all dressed in warm clothing. They gather everything that they could possibly not that they need much from this cargo hold that has nothing in it. Um, but they gather them all up and all of their supplies, and they go down into the valley and they hunt a sakosk. And a sakosk looks like the love child of a woolly mammoth and an adat. Okay. So it's got long, spindly legs and a big, furry body, big tusks. And it also has four glowing eyes, like mm-hmm. two on, right on top of each other on either side of its head. Yeah. They take it out uh, by slowing it down with spears so that Vectal can climb up onto the top of its head and just stab it in the eyes a bunch of times because that's the only way to get to the brain because it's too big. Mm-hmm. Once it's dead, I'm very sorry. I probably should have told you animals in peril, but these are not animals they're not real they're alien mammoths and stuff no i mean i honestly there's a couple things that you've said and i'm not going to go into it but there's a couple things that you've said including this that is giving me major horizon zero dawn vibes if if you're video game fans out there it's a great game but there's some there's some similarities here especially the cave and all that stuff yeah there's some cool in the the backstory and how we actually got here yeah but anyway yeah so they take it they take it down they kill it they slice it open and they retrieve the quee 
a, a, a bunch of queens. I was going to say, so can you get more than one yes. queen? Okay, I, I was going to say it sounds wasteful. Yeah, <laughs> no, a bunch of queen from inside of this thing's heart. Mm-hmm. And then what you have to do is you have to cut a small slit in the side of your neck mm-hmm. so that it can crawl in, crawl its way down into your heart. Uh, that's okay. That it was. It's not as bad as I thought it was gonna be. Yeah, but it's, it's still not. not great. I mean, it's not great, but it's it's not awful either. So it's like this long, glowing spaghetti kind of looking mm-hmm. thing um, that lives inside your heart. When Georgie was at the home cave talking to Malak, the healer, she was asking questions about what it was like to have a quee. Like, can you talk to it and stuff like that? Because, <laughs> well, she didn't know. Yeah. Um, and it's, she, Malak says it's like an organ. You don't know it's there. Do you know that your spleen is there? <laughs> no, it's just in there. Yeah. The only time it ever makes a, any kind of sound is when you find your mate. And then mm-hmm. it starts to, they call it resonate. Mm-hmm. Um, throughout this whole book, Vectal calls Georgie his resonance or his sweet resonance. It's very cute. And that's the only time the Queen will ever make itself known at all. So Georgie is the first to take the Queen. She has to sort of step up and be yeah. the leader again. She passes out momentarily. And when she wakes up, she can hear it in her head. The Queen is now resonating for Vectal. And she also feels all of the feelings that she's told she's going to feel when she gets this thing. I mean, she's horny, yes, but there's also possessiveness, there's love, there's affection. All these things she already felt for Vectal on her own are now amplified. The Queen definitely made the right choice. Yeah. And it is, she also feels warm now because her body can now (laughs) withstand these temperatures. Her body is already starting to heal. Her broken bones are starting to heal. She is... If for all intents and purposes, purpose is completely fine. Yeah. And all of the other women are also completely fine. They've all taken the queen because Georgie took it first and, and you know, led the way on that. And now she's extremely horny. <laughs> here we go. So here we go. Vectal takes her off to a more secluded part of the area. I don't know that they're in the woods necessarily because there aren't a lot of trees on this planet, mm-hmm. but far enough away that Georgie feels comfortable yeah. uh, having sex. And uh, they, while they're walking, they talk about like, oh, did anybody else resonate? Did anybody else resonate? And the only one for sure they know did is Rahosh because he has taken Liz. Mm. He spirited her away. <laughs> um, that's Poor book, Liz. That's book two. <laughs> I believe it's called Barbarian Mine. I can't remember, but that's book two. When Rahash returns, he will be punished for breaking the rules and taking his mate away when they weren't supposed to be focusing on mating at all. Uh, so he's in trouble. There's a time and a place, Rahash. There's Read a time the room. and a place. So <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Vectal and Georgie go find their secluded spot. They're, they're, they found like a, they find like a perfectly waist high rock. <laughs> to bend her over so that they can have sex from behind uh, which they are only able to do because she doesn't have a tail Vectal has had sexual partners before they they mm-hmm. can have sex freely whenever yeah. they like before they find their mating partner. So he's had sex before, but he can't. You can't do it from behind with a Sakosk woman or a, a Sakui woman because they have tails. Then how do dogs do it? 
Then how I, do cats do it? I don't fucking know. That's just what they said. All I'm right. just giving you the explanation from the book. I'm just saying it sounds like a bullshit excuse to not do it from behind. That's I all guess. I'm saying. But I anyway. No, I don't know. But either way, so she really loves it because when they're in that position, the spur pokes her right in the butt. Oh, she likes right. a little, a little like, just a little bit of, of, of butthole play. Yeah, I, I, I some people like it. You know, not a full pen, di- yeah. not digital penetration, yeah. but just a little around the yeah, just a little a little stimulation to the area. Yeah, and Georgie's super into it and super duper loud. Of course. Uh, so I think later in, sub- in in subsequent books they will be like, yeah, she went got knocked up by an alien, and then <laughs> right after we got our quee, she fucked him so loud that we heard it from a mile away or whatever mid coitus literally mid coitus they look up and see an alien spaceship flying down to the mountain where the cargo hold is it hovers there for several minutes and then it fucks right back off again they are now safe the slavers have not come back for them they have left they all cut their trackers out of their arms so that they can't be tracked down and the day is saved. Huzzah. That is the end of Ice Planet Barbarians. Wow. Leading into a very long, very fleshed out and beloved series by Ruby Dixon. Go check that out. Seriously. That I've is... only read the first three. Okay. But there are, so there's the Ice Planet Barbarians. There's 21 books in that series. Good God. Then there's a series called Ice Home, and that has like 17 books in it. Mm-hmm. And then there's a series called Corsairs, and that has like six or seven books in it. And then there's a couple of standalones yeah. and another series, I think, but I don't know the name of it. And that one has like 12 or 13 books in it. It's huge. It's huge and expansive. The yeah. world is massive and it's all fleshed out and built beautifully into this epic sci-fi fuck fest in space. It's great. I, I say, good God. Like I don't read comic books and manga. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, comic books, you know, characters that have been around for 60 years. Yeah. You know, Captain America. Yeah. He punched Hitler when Hitler was still alive. Yeah. No, I yeah, exactly. There's so so much. So yeah, fuck me. I don't I don't know what I'm saying. That was great. That was really fun. That was I I, I again, I'm learning so much. <laughs> yeah. And that's I mean, I know that I'm the tech the tech person slash, you know, comic relief or yeah. whatever, uh, but I am extremely excited. I mean, I love it when I I love it when people who love things share them with me you know that that's yes. like a love language to me yeah so i will hear you talk about the things that you love all the time because that's what i do to you oh um, yes and constantly be- because that's what I, I love to do and so it's it's exciting to under to, to not just learn about this stuff but then also to better understand something that uh, that means so much to you and i'm learning uh, so much about weird dicks oh yeah there are a lot of weird ones out there. Uh, there are also plenty normal ones in your normal human romances, but I don't read a ton of human romances uh, for my own yeah. personal enjoyment. I am monster fucker and alien fucker, one hundred percent. But not next week. No, next week we're finally doing gay hockey, just for you, my love. Yay. We are doing Iced Out by C. E. Ricci. That's the one that you talked about with Matt. Yeah. Uh, about it's an enemies to lovers mm-hmm. uh, romance about two hockey players on the same team who hate each other until they fuck one day and then they start winning. And so they keep fucking. 
hockey hockey players are a very superstitious lot. Yes. I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> I will be I will be reading this and loving it and I will be secretly assigning various faces from Shorzy to the characters. That's fair. I will tell you back in my hockey playing days if 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 I was playing at any level of competitiveness above beer league and I fucked one of my teammates and we won, I'd keep fucking him. Yeah, well. I absolutely would because that's what hockey players do. Well, I would I maybe not straight hockey players, but you're not a straight hockey player. No, so. I'm not. So <laughs> it doesn't matter. But uh, no, I would absolutely if I had to, I would fuck a teammate to keep a winning streak alive. Absolutely. I, I'm committed to the team. <laughs> this team will never, never lose, lose again. again. <laughs> fuck yeah. You can find us on social media we are not extremely active on social media no. because it is bad for our mental health yes but we are there in as much as it is a means for us to communicate with you so do feel free to communicate with us on tiktok and instagram you can find us in both places at cheap smut uh, you can go to linktree.com slash cheap smut to find all of our socials everywhere that we're that you can listen to us uh, every week on the link tree. I also put a link up to the book of the week. Yes. Should you wish to go find it. Uh, I, I often forget. I always put it in the show notes, but I forget to say it here. The music that we use in this in this show is called Nostalgia by, by Makai Beats. You can find it at the Free Music Archive, freemusicarchive.org. Do you have anything else? I absolutely do not. Then let's put this baby to bed. Hell yes. Listener, if there is a book in you, write it. And if there's fucking in it, I'll read it. And then she will sit down in our living room and tell me all about it for your entertainment and listening pleasure. Absolutely, I will, as long as you'll let me do it. Fuck yeah. <laughs> all right, let's go do other stuff. Yes, let's. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.